Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome to the Healthy Herb Podcast, a place of information and inspiration for the home herbalist. I'm Bridget Doherty of the Solidago School of Herbalism, coming to you from a bridged island on the coast of Maine. In today's show, I'm talking about chamomile and a story about how we eliminated my daughter's eye infection. Before we get started, I want you to know that I'm not a doctor, nor do I diagnose or treat people. What I share is based on my own experience and what I've learned from my mentors, including the plants themselves. Ultimately, I want you to be empowered in seeking and achieving your own version of optimum health. I want you to be inspired to connect and relate to the common plants that grow all around you. Together, let's make home herbalism be as common in the everyday household as cooking a healthy meal. Now, without further ado, let's have some fun and dig in. There is this funny Instagram reel that was going around for that I saw a couple people use, and it just cracked me up every time. And it basically goes like this. So a woman walks into an herb shop, and she's looking at the person behind the counter who has a bunch of different jars of herbs behind her. And she's like, oh, pardon me. Do you carry shamamale? And the person behind the counter looks at the customer and says, shamamale? What's that? I haven't heard of shamamale. And the woman's, the customer is like, you know, shamamale. It's right there behind you. Can I get some? And the clerk looks behind her at the shelves of the herbs. And she's looking and she's like, chamomile? And the, the, the customer's like, oh, yeah, chamomile. Something along those lines. Anyway, I probably didn't do it any justice, but it's hilarious. I don't even know how you could search it, but it is so funny. So now, whenever I hear chamomile or see it or think about it or whatever, I just, all I can think of is shamamale. I don't know. So I thought I would uh, talk about chamomile today. And I was inspired to talk about this because I had a really great result in working with chamomile with my daughter's eye infection um, and really helping to clear it very quickly. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to start with talking about my daughter's infection and what I did to help clear it. And then I will get into um, all about chamomile. Let's see. The other day, early last week, my daughter woke up with a little bit of a cough. And I had noticed shortly after that that her eye was bloodshot on the, the outside corner of it, like pretty badly bloodshot. And I just thought that she 
which she has done in the past is like, you know, kind of coughed and burst like a little blood vessel in the eye. I didn't really pay much attention to it. Um, Although in the future, I will pay closer attention to such things. But I was like, oh, it didn't see, didn't bother her. She wasn't irritated by it. Her I didn't itch or anything. And then a day later, worse, it was looking redder. And it still didn't irritate her. But that night before, while we were getting her ready for bed, I looked at it more closely in, in the light. And I noticed that, right, that it was very red broken broken you know bloodshot blood vessel and then on top of that there was an actual blister on her eyeball it looked like it was a pimple or a blister of some sort it was small and she said it didn't bother her but I was slightly horrified because I'd never seen anything like that, heard of anything like that before. And, you know, of course, anything on my six-year-old's eyeball that shouldn't be there is a little concerning. So I immediately, you know, started doing research online to see what it could be. And from what I could tell, it was a blister that formed and, you know, there's an number of different reasons why it could form and usually they resolve themselves in two to four weeks Um, worst case scenario is that it has to be surgically removed if it really starts to irritate but basically it was you know after reading about it I was like okay it's not as you know usually they say nothing really comes of it it could be due to an infection it could be due to any number of things. And I hadn't really noticed any signs of conjunctivitis or pink eye, although thinking back, I realized that she seemed to have a little bit more, like in the morning, the past two mornings prior to that, she had like a little bit more eye gunk that she woke up with, just kind of on the skin around the eyes, just like, almost just like dried tears. So I was like, okay, that's, freaky. So I went down into the kitchen um, while she was, you know, getting herself into bed. And I got a chamomile tea bag, shamamale. <laughs> and I soaked it in just cool water from the sink. I mean, the eye was kind of red and irritated. And so I didn't necessarily want to put a hot tea bag on it. And it was I just wanted something immediate since it was bedtime. And so I just soaked a chamomile tea bag and then she held it on her eye while we read stories and then she fell asleep and then I took it away the tea bag and the next morning when she came in to wake me up her eyes were both of her eyes were now looking I mean her other eye looked a little bloodshot I was like oh I wonder if she has an infection And then that morning they were totally like her eyelashes were just full of the eye gunk and it was obviously conjunctivitis at this point. And so I asked to look at the blister on her eye and it was gone. And I was so relieved. And that might have been contributing to the excess eye gunk as well. Maybe when it popped, it was a very small blister or if it, I don't know if it popped, but it wasn't there anymore. Thank goodness. I was still bloodshot. And so I kept her home from school that day, obviously. And I said, okay. And plus we had plans to go travel for the weekend. So this was Friday morning. She woke up with the infection. And I was like, okay, I have today to nip this in the bud, basically. So she rested, took it easy during the day. Her eyes didn't really seem to bother her so much but both of them now looked like they were mild well they were infected and so we did basically what we did throughout the day were um, chamomile tea bags and I would um, you know try to get her to put put the hold at least one eye covered at a time with a chamomile tea bag maybe once an hour or so 
I also had her drink chamomile tea that was sweetened with honey. I also, in the morning, decocted some Echinacea augustifolia root. And I made a pretty, I made a small amount, but a strong decoction, which basically means I simmered it. And some of that decoction, when it was ready, I soaked in a clean rag and had her use that as a compress over her eyes. And then I also took the rest of the chamomile tea and added it to, I mean, the rest of the echinacea decoction and added it to her chamomile tea. So she had um, both chamomile and echinacea uh, ingustifolia root as, as a tea and as eye compress. Then the other thing, because I knew that she had some sort of an infection, I couldn't tell if it was viral or bacterial. So I basically filled a shot glass with elderberry syrup and I, in a, I put in maybe like a teaspoon of Echinacea angustifolia tincture that I had made um, this winter, actually during the Echinacea podcast episode. So check that out. I don't know the number off the top of my head. But I gave her a small amount of that. So it was in vodka, 100 proof vodka. And I just had her, she basically took all day to sip that one shot glass worth of elderberry syrup with echinacea tincture. So every, you know, every once in a while, I would just have her sip it. And she had her tea and the eye compress. And then she just took it easy. I just like let her kind of lay in my bed and we read books and she watched some shows and she just chilled out. And then by the end of the day, it was, things were looking much better. You know, she seemed okay. So when she went to bed that night, I whenever she's sick, I usually check on in on her a few times before I end up going to bed. And I noticed at one point that she was quite sweaty and clammy while she slept. And so I feel like she might have had a slight kind of fever that broke. She didn't seem feverish all day, but it seemed like it was like a little, it was her body's immune system kicked into gear that night while she was sleeping and I think kind of nipped the rest of it in the bud. So on Saturday morning when she woke up, um, her eyes were clear for the most part, except for that one area that was like super bloodshot and that was still like a little bit of bloodshot, but the blister was still gone. And both of her eyes were looking very clear and there was only just like minimal eye gunk. And, um, she said she felt fine and her eyes felt great. And she was, we were able to go on our weekend getaway trip without any concerns. And she was great. And I did pack chamomile tea bags with me along the, just in case I needed them, but I never needed them. And since then she's been fine. So that I felt like was a great success story from, you know, starting with that eye blister, literally on her eyeball, all the way to, you know, 24 hours later, or 36 hours later, and being cleared and ready to go on a weekend getaway. Thanks to herbs. That was excellent. I know in the past I have, when people have asked me who when their kids have pink eye, that might have been my daughter's first first experience with pink eye, but you know they'll ask what you can do. And, and I know a common home remedy is even just black tea bags, um, like Lipton or what, what have you. I did have some Earl Grey tea bags and I was considering doing that, but I know that Earl Grey sometimes has essential oils in it which I thought could be irritating to the eyes, like concentrated essential oils. So I didn't give her the Earl Grey tea bags, but I think just like regular black tea, Camilla, Sinensis tea bags can also work because they're just very astringent. But they don't really have the antimicrobial properties that the chamomile has. 
um, as far as I know. And so the chamomile is nice because not only is it soothing and anti-inflammatory, it's also astringent, but it also um, has some really nice antimicrobial properties. And I just think of chamomile as being such the herb of kids and for kids. I mean, it's such a great herb. It is so common. You can get it in any grocery store, even if it's in tea bags. I mean, sure, the quality is going to vary, but it is probably, you know, definitely in like top three most common herbal teas, I would say, at least in the United States. Peppermint being the other one, and I don't even know what the third would be, maybe hibiscus or some sort of fruit tea. So I I really was excited with how well it all worked and how quickly it all worked and how also it was something that my daughter could really take a part in, in her healing. It wasn't like, oh, well, you know, you have this crazy thing going on with your eye. Now we have to make a an expensive trip to the doctor who's going to look at it and and then going to give you an antibiotic, basically, to put in your eye. And I just, it just felt so nice and empowering when there seemed like a really extreme thing that I could just go to my kitchen cabinet, grab some tea bags and put them on her eyes. And really miraculous things happened in a very short amount of time and how lucky um, we are to have that as an option. And that's really what I think is so beautiful uh, about herbal medicine being people's medicine and that and just home herbalism is that it's like so simple and so safe and it's a great first step you know that's a, it was an it was an action that i could take immediately instead of having to wait to get into a doctor to have it looked at i mean we're so lucky to have the internet so i could actually do some research and figure out to the best that i could what this was on her eye and how dangerous it was. And then I could give myself a time, a healing timeline. So an expectancy of like, okay, well, how long would this be expected to heal on its own? And when, when is it important to really involve a doctor if it's not healing? And what's and then what can I do immediately from what I have in my house? I mean, it was at night. All the stores on the island were already closed anyway. Any pharmacy would have been closed. So I was able to just go to my kitchen, get some chamomile tea bag, put it on her eye. And I swear that, yes, they can heal on their own, but I know in my, in my mind anyway that that chamomile tea bag helped to get rid of that blister immediately. And then if it hadn't, and if I then I could have made an an appointment, but at least I had uh, a starting point where I could take like the least invasive, most simple uh, remedy and start there and then progressively get more intensive as needed. And luckily, I didn't really even have to get that intense before I noticed really drastic um, healing happening. So that was my personal experience, and it and it went really well. And now I can think, well, my daughter now has that in her tool bag as well. Like now she has the experience of putting the tea bags on her eyes throughout the day and really noticing drastic, quick results. And I don't think that she'll forget that. That is another great thing about working with herbs and children is that 
they can really, not only is it empowering to the parent um, to be able to have such wonderful results, but it's also empowering to the child because now she knows and that she did that for herself and that she could do it easily in the future if needed. So hooray for herbal medicine as people's medicine. Not only that, but I think that it was really important. I find that with poultices, compresses, fomentations, whatever, and then herbs in general, especially in acute situations like an infection, that it's really important to do frequent applications and frequent ingesting, even if it's small amounts. So where it's not like leaving the tea bag on her eyes for an hour. It was putting the tea bag on her eye and some, and she, you know, of course, like progressively as the day went on, she started getting kind of annoyed with it. And she's like, I just, I don't want to leave it on for very long. So she would just count to 20 and then take it off and continue on with whatever she was doing. So it didn't even have to be on there long, but even when you take the tea bag off, there's still like residual um, tea on the eye area that stays. And I have really found, and I've heard from other people too, that again, it's more about the frequency than it is about, um, you know, the amount of each time, how much you use it, use whatever herb it is. And same with the chamomile tea and the elderberry syrup. It wasn't just like she drank the whole shot of elderberry syrup all in one foul swoop. She was sipping on it every hour in small amounts but so that her body was always kind of processing some, that there was always some fresh kind of being introduced into her system. And so I find that to be really helpful when working with herbs. Before we continue with the show and really dive into chamomile, chamomile, and its benefits, I want to talk a little bit about Noom. Noom uses the latest in behavioral science to empower people to take control of their health for good through a combination of psychology, technology, and human coaching on their platform. They help millions of users meet their personal health and wellness goals. And one thing that I have really been liking about Noom is their app that they have, um, for the phone, the smartphone. And the app, what it does is it just makes it really easy to compile um, the information from the day and keep track of your exercise um, and your calories and anything else that really you want to keep track of. So for me, I log in the weight, my weight for the morning and then I log in my meals and things that I eat, and it has a way to both count the calories and then give you an analysis of like portion control suggestions. And then it also attaches to the pedometer that's on my phone. It could also attach to a fancier pedometer if I had one. So it's able to measure my steps. And then, so it tells me how many steps my goal is. And then if I go over those steps, then I, uh, then um, the calorie budget for the day also increases. And then you can also add in different exercise if you do additional exercise other than just taking steps. Um, like for me, since I'm landscaping, I can, there's a yard work category. So I can just type in yard work and the number of minutes of yard work that I did and whether it was low, high, or medium intensity. And then it, you know, takes that and adds that to my 
calorie budget for the day. Like it increases my calorie budget, which is nice. So that's, you can kind of see as the day progresses where you're always at. And so it really helps me. It's really helped me to just stay focused, make wise choices and be accountable for both my exercise and what I'm putting in my body. So to start building better habits for healthier long-term results, sign up for your trial at noom.com slash believe. Again, that's noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash believe, B-L-E-A-V. And I've been taking the opportunity to talk about different uh, foods that I've been eating lately um, to help me with my health goals. And I would say that one thing that I've really been focusing on is prepping my food ahead of time. Because if I don't meal prep and I'm and I just, I don't have time in the morning to make, I can make my daughter's snack bag and that's about it. So I, before we head off for the day. So usually if I, if on Sunday I prep some foods um, that I can more easily just throw in my lunch bag and take with me or my snack bag and take with me, then I find that very helpful versus if I don't have time to do that and I just run out the door and then come, you know, late afternoon, early midday, when I start getting hungry, then I'm more likely to go for unhealthy foods because it's going to be at the local store or the coffee shop or, you know, just grabbing something out and it's a lot easier to grab less healthy and more calorie dense foods than, than not. So different snacks that I have found to be helpful when I am out and I don't have, I haven't meal prepped. Um, but I'm looking for just something that satiates me, but is also low calorie. One thing is, um, like pickled vegetables, and or even if they aren't lacto fermented pickled, even if they're just kind of soaked in vinegar, salty vinegar, and I feel like that really curbs any sort of craving that I would have or tendency that I would have toward some sort of really unhealthy potato chip or something. And now you, they're pretty easy to find even at a local convenience store, whether they're you know pickled dilly beans or pickled sweet pea, snap pea kind of things or pickled carrots and just um, having those on hand as snacks. Other things I really like to have on hand are hard-boiled eggs for a quick, easy, protein-rich filling snack. Little mandarin oranges I found are really helpful to have on hand with me. Um, Just throw them in my snack bag and go. And like that will curve any kind of... um, curb any sort of sugar craving that I might get or sweet treat craving. Rice cakes, that classic um, low calorie food, but you know, they're pretty good as far as to just to give you a crunch and just to kind of have something a little filling to get you through. And uh, hummus and carrot sticks is also another really good go-to quick and easy snack that is filling and I can just throw it in my bag if I don't have any meal prepped and I'm on my way. So those are snacks that I have been focusing on and it seems to be working out for me. So now I'd like to get back into shamamale, otherwise known as chamomile. So chamomile, like I've said, it's like one, maybe number one, maybe number two of the most popular herbal tea flavor that is out there. I remember when I was a kid, 
I really think that my first introduction to herbalism was Celestial Seasonings Sleepy Time Tea. When I was probably even like 12 years old. And I, you know, it says it right on there. And then I would have it and I would feel relaxed and calm and a little drowsy. And I was like, wow, herbs affect our body. How interesting. And they really do. And I think that's one reason why, you know, chamomile is so popular and so common because not only does it taste good, but it does have some really nice benefits on the body, whether it is in eating in digestion or calming the nervous system or I mean, basically the nervous system and our digestion are really tightly interwoven anyway, but a lot of times we might get some um, nervous, upset stomach. And in that instance, chamomile is wonderful. Uh, Another name that chamomile had by the ancient Greeks was ground apple. And it was maybe chamomile, the common name, even stemmed from uh, the Greek word kamai, melon. So kamai meant on the ground and melon for apple. Because it's really, a lot of people describe the scent of chamomile as uh, an apple would smell. The Spaniards called it manzanilla which also meant little apple, which is also the name of a liqueur that um, is flavored with chamomile. And apparently, I did not know this, I haven't looked too deeply into it, but I did read somewhere that vermouth is actually a bitter aperitif that was traditionally, and maybe still is, I'm not sure, uh, flavored with chamomile. Let's see, in the Middle Ages, chamomile would be strewn on floors, especially of the castles, to improve the scent of the air. And they were also, I believe at that point, um, used as a lawn herb, especially the low-growing, creeping type of chamomile, as a really nice, instead of grass, Um, They would have chamomile and thyme lawns, which sounds amazing to me. An interesting um, thought that I came across was, or tidbit, I guess, is that in old European monasteries, a garden bed of Roman chamomile was used for healing And it was, in fact, people who were recovering from illness, who needed rest, would lay on the garden bed to rest. And that way they could smell the chamomile for some true aromatherapy, which would really help to calm them and even slightly um, act as a sedative to help people fall asleep when they really needed the rest as they were recovering from an illness. It makes me remember one time I went to some sort of public garden somewhere and they had an old small children's bed, but I think it had like a nice wire or metal frame to it. And inside the bed frame, instead of a mattress, they had a bed of dirt and then they had, I believe it was chamomile growing all through it that you could then lie on, or maybe a kid could lie on it. I don't think I actually lied on it, but I thought it was pretty cute. And I wonder if it ties back to this um, concept in the monasteries. Let's see, Arabians use the chamomile in massage oils. And it was chamomile was one of the nine sacred herbs of the Anglo-Saxons. It, chamomile, along with yarrow, was one of the herbs 
that was found in Neanderthal dental calculi, which really showed that up to even 50,000 years ago, Neanderthal folks were consuming chamomile. And this is what, how they felt also with the yarrow, is that these plants were likely, very likely, being worked with medicinally uh, because they're not necessarily food herbs. They are herbs that you don't necessarily get a lot of plant material from them. And they're really too, have too, too much volatile oil for them to actually be a reasonable food crop. Chamomile is native to Eurasia. And it was first known to be used by the Egyptians who dedicated it to the gods and included it in sacred ceremony. Now there's three kinds of chamomile and they do all have their own specialities, let's say, or personalities. So I'm going to just do a quick review, but in general, when I talk about chamomile, I'm talking more generally in that likely any one of these three could have benefits in that direction, and then it just depends on what works best for you. So one is German chamomile, which is known as Matricaria resutita, or Mat. Tricharia chamomilla. German chamomile is an annual, which means it only grows for one year. So there are three main kinds. And so I'm generally going to be talking, when I talk about chamomile, it's kind of an overview that all of these could be worked with interchangeably, most likely, but they all have their own personalities, so to speak. But the German chamomile is an annual, so it only grows for one year. So if you want to keep it growing, you want to make sure that you save some flowers to spread for the seeds. And with chamomile, it is just the flowers that are usually worked with in either teas or tinctures. And then there's the well, so the German chamomile, the magical uses are calming and sleep, incense and brews, used uh, in spells to attract money, combat curses, and combat difficult spells. Um, it was considered to be helpful due to its sunny nature. German chamomile has more blue volatile oil in it than the Roman chamomile does. So it has what's known as azulene and camazuline. And the azulene is um, the blue basically is what lends the blue color to chamomile essential oil. So chamomile essential oil is very expensive, or at least last I checked, it was very expensive. And so you would just maybe get a very small jar of it. Or I had a very small bottle of chamomile essential oil when I was into essential oils, which I don't recommend anymore. So there's more blue essential oil in the Roman, oh, than the Roman chamomile. So yeah, the little bottle of essential oil basically has this like beautiful blue color. And that is actually, that volatile oil, that blue color, is what gives chamomile a lot of its healing properties. But again, you can use it, you can access it in the whole plant, and you don't need to, you know, really concentrate it down as much as you do in an essential oil. The German chamomile has more scientific studies and usage around it, and the Roman chamomile is less so. 
and therefore there's a lot less farming of the Roman chamomile. So it seems like the German chamomile is the preferred um, chamomile that's on the market, which is interesting because it's an annual. I'm sure it does self-seed, but it's added work every year for the farmers. Some magical uses is that it attracts money. Gamblers hand wash before playing. Um, They like wash their hands with chamomile tea and then don't dry them off so that as, as kind of like their own spell to attract money with. It was also thought... Uh, magically to not only be useful in sleep and meditation incense, but also added to a bath to attract love, sprinkled around a property to remove spells and curses, and um, also worked with in protection spells, and that it really helps people to drive away nightmares and bounce back after adversity. Then there's also pineapple weed, which is Matricaria matricaroides. Pineapple weed is the wild form of chamomile that is that grows around me. And it has that nice scent to it. It tends to grow in driveways or like really gravelly, poor soil. Historically, um, chamomile was known to be offensive to bees. The smell of chamomile is offensive to bees, and so it would never be planted around beehives. However, the plant was planted around a lot of grave sites, interestingly enough, and it was also smoked Uh, to help people who have asthma. Okay, so let's get into the benefits. So chamomile um, is really beneficial for the urinary tract, the digestive system, the circulatory system, the nervous system, and our skin, both internal and our skin on our outside of our body as well. So for the nervous system, it's considered to be a nervine or a nervine, and it can really help to ease any sort of irritability, restlessness, insomnia, and anxiety, and even really helpful for people who um, have PTSD. And generally, it is just very calming and also really beneficial for children who might be a little piper or who have anxiety or have a hard time falling asleep. It's just a very nice herb for children and adults and the elderly as well. It does have mild sedative action, but then it also has mild stimulant action, um, depending on what part of the body you're talking about. And, of course, it tends to be that if one is a stimulant, then it also does also have sedative properties as well, depending on how you work with the herb. Chamomile is very anti-inflammatory, and that is mostly due to its volatile oil content, like the azulene that we talked about, that blue constituent. It has... um, a really nice ability to relieve pain, especially in aches. And this could be in just regular body aches, or it could be due to the flu aches, or also in relieving any sort of inflammations in the body, So, which could also reduce the ache, aching of the body. But also... Um, it reduce any sort of skin inflammation as well. Chamomile is also astringent, which is one reason why it's so beneficial as an eye compress in a tea bag. It also, the astringency is known to help to combat varicose veins and or hemorrhoids, though there may be some better herbs for that. 
But this is one herb that is probably right in your kitchen that could be applied topically to painful or annoying varicose veins and hemorrhoids. Or you could even do a sits bath. If you have hemorrhoids, you can just sit in a tub of chamomile tea. So not only does it, you know, is it astringent and helps with joints, it's also analgesic, which means it's pain relieving. And this is one reason why it's so beneficial for teething babies. So when my daughter was teething, I soaked a a baby's washcloth with chamomile tea. And I rolled them up. I did multiple ones and I kind of, the fr- I would put it in the freezer. And then since the, the washcloths were rolled up into a roll, <laughs> then it was easy for her to chew on as needed or just to help as like a flavorful, but also aid to numbing the pain. Chamomile is also a digestive bitter, so it helps to aid in any sort of indigestion, gas, bloating, dyspepsia, and it also is a carminative, so it helps to relieve gas and also any sort of spasms in the digestive system. Not only is it antispasmodic for the digestive system, but it's also antispasmodic throughout the body. So whether you have spasming cramps or muscle spasms, um, colic, anything like that, that just seems to be spastic, (laughs) then chamomile can really help to ease that. Chamomile can really be helpful for folks that are dealing with any sort of digestive distress, and especially if it is linked to having anxiety or nervousness or depression. But it also is really beneficial for the skin, any sort of burn, rash, any sort of wound healing. You could just take those chamomile tea bags and apply them to specific areas, or you can make a strong pot of chamomile tea and dip a washcloth into it and then apply that to any really sore areas or any sort of skin issues. And then there is the kosh precaution that is often linked to chamomile in that there is a potential that it could cause or exacerbate any sort of seasonal allergies. So because of the pollen in it being so similar to ragweed pollen or mugwort pollen, because they're all in the same family. So just be aware that if you do have a lot of serious pollen allergies, and then you drink a bunch of chamomile, dried chamomile tea, you might still, um, you might have a negative effect. And in that case, you can just Stop working with the chamomile tea. Chamomile can be prepared in a variety of ways. That's interesting that the one of the main primary anti-inflammatory constituents of the plant is thought to be azulene, um, but it tends to not be present in the fresh herb. So you have to dry it uh, to get that azulene to form, or you can heat it in water, which is even the better way to do it. So that would be a tea of the fresh herb would do that for you or the dry herb as a tea too. Other ways you can prepare chamomile is with, um, not only the tea, but as a compress, as a steam, as a massage oil, as in a salve, and also in tinctures. So a lot of fun that you can have with this very, very common uh, herb. Then it's also easy to grow. Easy to grow and relatively easy to harvest, although harvest might be the most time-consuming thing because you kind of have to pluck off all the ripe flowers and leave the ones that aren't ripe yet um, to ripen for the next round of harvest. 
Thanks so much for listening. I'm Bridget Doherty. Until next week, be well, let intuition guide you, and have fun with herbs and shamamale. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.